0: And this game is underway with a bang.
1: This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills.
2: While well, we were supposed to be carrying Game 5 of the Bucks and the Orlando Magic, Bucks were looking to clinch the series, move on to the second round. Going to play the Miami Heat. We're all talking about that this morning, and I was thinking about that today. It's like, all right, so Bucks Heat, they'll take care of business today. We can move on to the second round. Obviously, you hear my voice and not the voice of Ted Davis or Justin Garcia, if anybody on the Bucks Radio Network. That game uh, did not happen and is not going to happen today. The Bucs are boycotting it. They're sitting out. They never showed up. It was a very odd scene at three o'clock because the Magic were out warming up. The officials were there. The scores were there. Everybody was there ready to go. But when three o'clock rolled around, the Bucks were nowhere to be found. They never came out of the locker room. And then slowly but surely, they started to put the balls away, started to take the names off the chairs on the benches, and everybody started to realize that this it wasn't going to happen. Game wasn't going to happen at three o'clock. Otherwise, we'd probably be what getting to halftime right about now. But instead, you're you're hearing my voice. Bucks announced they have since kind of put out a statement, or have since officially announced that they are boycotting the game. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting about it. Right, Malika Andrews, who's down there in the fold in the bubble, she's tweeting about it. It is it is official. They just didn't forget to show up. They of course are protesting and boycotting this game because of what happened in Kenosha and the. Uh, Well, the lack of progress, quite frankly, in our country and on the front of police brutality and racial equality. Remember, this started with the murder of George Floyd a couple of months ago. The NBA players are like, wait a minute, we don't want to play basketball right now. There are bigger things going on. And the NBA had to kind of convince them, right? Well, you can put, you know, you can put a message on your jersey. You can do this. We can do that. You can kneel for the anthem, right? You can use it as a platform. Well, that really didn't seem to make much of a difference because we're still talking about the same issues uh, and the same issues of police brutality, racial inequality, systemic racism. We've heard these buzzwords a million times. Bucks aren't playing, and I cannot imagine that there are going to be any NBA games tonight or tomorrow. Uh, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Lakers, the Blazers have all already announced that they're not going to play tonight, which is understandable, right? If the Bucks are boycotting, it's not like the Lakers can waltz out there and, and play. Right, it, it, this has now become bigger than just sports. This is a day we're going to talk about for a long time. A day that that we're going to remember. The day where the players just said, "No, we're not going to play. We got bigger, more important things going on right now." So, no Bucks game today. Probably no NBA games tonight. Josh Hader said that these are discussions they've had in the clubhouse. He was in his press availability before today's game. He said that they had discussed possibly boycotting games, but not as seriously as those discussions were taken in in the NBA, and I'll share some of that background information with you, because this was rumored last night and and earlier today. I don't think anybody expected it to actually happen. I I was still certainly surprised, but I'll kind of give you some of that background, Uh, and we're going to talk to really an all-star cast today, some of the best guests uh, that this show has. Uh, I reached out at about 3.30 because I'm like, well, I was expecting to watch a Bucks game this afternoon. We were all expecting to watch and listen to a Bucks game this afternoon, right? Nobody was getting ready to listen to the Wisco Sports show, right? We wanted to see game 5 of the Bucs and the Magic. And then of course, we're going into the Brewers later tonight. Nobody was nobody gave a damn about the Wisco Sports show. I didn't care about it. I was ready to sit down and watch the game. And then at 3:30, it became clear that oh, not only are the Bucks not playing, but now we have a Wisco Sports show. So I'm like, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to hit up some of my smartest, some of my best guests." Uh, we're going to talk to Dave Carney at 445, uh, my friend and and very close friend of the show, Bart Winkler from Milwaukee, who's a little bit closer to this situation than we are and closer to the Bucks. He'll join us at 515. Anthony Chergoski, political science professor at UWL and a frequent contributor over on our sister station, WIZM. We're going to talk to him not to get into political science, right? We're going to keep it in the sports realm, uh, but it was announced not too long ago, that the Bucs are in the locker room trying to get connected with the Attorney General of Wisconsin, right? So th- these these players and these teams are taking up, I don't know how you want to put it, taking matters into their own hands. They're not just wearing a jersey with a word on it anymore, right? They're getting involved in the fray, uh, and I want to talk to that. If you've heard Dr. Chergoski over on WISM, he does a tremendous job. He does some stuff uh, with some local TV stations as well. He is as good as it gets. So we're going to talk to him at 545. Host of Lacrosse Talk PM on, uh, on WISM, our sister station, is going to join us in about 15 minutes as well because this is a story that he's been talking about with his callers and his guests as well. And I would love to sprinkle in your thoughts and conversation throughout the, uh, the next two hours as well. 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. It's By the way, it's okay to not have an opinion. It's okay to, to not want to call in and, and yell one way or another or be angry, or be thrilled. I'm still trying to piece this all together. Um, I think I'm very, very proud to be a fan of a team that took a stand, that takes these matters seriously. And I'm very proud to be a fan of a team that, that is willing to sacrifice something important to them, a playoff game, for the sake of a cause that is also important to them, racial equality, police brutality, something that we've seen in Milwaukee, obviously now seen in Kenosha, I, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people have, have fully grasped this. Aaron Rodgers has made a comment about this in, in multiple press conferences now where he's mentioned antiquated laws. Which, if used incorrectly, becomes a cliche and it becomes hollow. But Aaron Rodgers speaks on these antiquated laws about segregation in Milwaukee, the way the city is designed, the way the city was developed, right? And then antiquated laws even in lacrosse, which for the longest time... It's considered a sundown town, meaning if you are not white, if you belong to any other race, when the sun starts to go down, you go home. You're not allowed on the streets. You're not allowed out on the town. It's a sundown town. That, that's the, the, the antiquated laws that are often referenced in the state of Wisconsin. The state of Wisconsin, right, this is not a slave state. We don't consider ourselves racist in the same way that we would consider southern states. But as we've learned in the last couple of days, and, and what some people have known for a long time, this state's got... Uh, the state's got different issues at hand uh, rather than just owning slaves a couple hundred years ago. Antiquated laws kind of is the is the simple way to put it, but, but this state is very complicated and it's impressive. And I'm proud to be a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks because they care so much about this. They're willing to boycott a game and, and get involved in something that they feel really passionate about. Now, the efficacy of this, right? Uh, how impactful is boycotting a game? Right, that—that's a conversation that we can have and will have before six o'clock. But it's okay to, to feel a little bit shell shocked and a little bit confused. I, I always have an opinion, and, and I don't really know what to say about this. I'm I'm trying to process it as we go. When I watch games, or or, or when a player gets traded, or when a coach is fired, when anything happens in the sports world, I, I'm always trying to find my take. Right? I'm always trying to figure out, well, what am I going to say about this on my show? Because I can't just come on here and, and report you the news. Right, We all get the updates on our phones. We see things on Twitter. We listen to radio, and we watch TV for different reasons than we used to. That's why ESPN has transitioned away from highlight shows. They've gone to opinion-based shows. We get highlights on our phones. So ESPN has said, well, fine. We'll just give you seven hours of Mike Greenberg every day, and we'll work in Stephen A. as well, and, and we'll have experts... And, and and commentators just give their opinion, right? Because media is changing. This show is the same way. I can't, I can't read you a newspaper. That's not how radio and TV work anymore. I'm not here to report the news. You know the news at 4 o'clock when you turn my show on. I'm always looking for my take, for my opinion, for my spin, so I can, of course, bring it to the show. And when the Bucs announced that they were boycotting the game today and it became clear that they were not going to play because they just didn't show up, I first tried to find my opinion. I'm like, well, what am I going to say about this? Am I going to come out against it? Am I going to be all for it? Am I, am I going to try to land in the middle? Am I going to try to ride the fence? How, how am I going to do this? What's my take? What's my opinion? What's my spin? How, how are we going to do the Wisco Sports Show tonight? But I couldn't really find my opinion. And I and I couldn't really find a take. I'm just kind of shell-shocked like everybody else. And you know what? That's that's okay. I think today can can be about listening. I think today is a good day to listen to what others have to say. Like George Hill, we said, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. Watching people like me gun down for no reason. Time and time again, I'm sick of this. Or LeBron James, who spoke out on Twitter a little while ago. And once again, I'll fill you in with some of the comments from players. As the show goes on, this isn't my battle. Now, I have to get involved in this. And if we want to make change, we all have to be involved in this. But, but this is not our battle, right? This is the African-American community, right, of which the NBA plays a big role in. Huge portion of the NBA are black players with black families that feel very connected emotionally to these sorts of incidents. Think about this. Has this issue in Kenosha, has this been enjoyable for you? Have you enjoyed reading about this and seeing the videos and reading the news? No, this is terrible. Imagine if you had the skin color of the man who was shot down. Imagine if you were a father with four sons and you were black and you have to watch that video. Imagine how bad it must be for somebody who's more emotionally tied to this issue rather than just an observer, even if it's an observer that's only a few hours away in the case of lacrosse to Kenosha, where the most recent shooting happened. It's okay to listen. It's okay to sit back, take a deep breath and listen to what these players have to say. Now, if this plays out over the next week or two. Let's say let's say we take three days off and games begin again. If at the end of these three days, you feel as though the message was not improved, that there was no progress made, and you think there's a better way to go about this, fine. And we can talk about that in a couple of days. We can talk about this when it starts to conclude and, and come to a head. But for right now, let's, let's just listen. Let's relax. Let's kick back and listen. And I was reminded of what Aaron Rodgers had to say. Jeez, we talked about this a few days ago. When Aaron Rodgers was asked, you know, how has this impacted your teammates? And what have you learned being around them? And this is what he had to say. And I, I thought it was brilliant. And it, it really came to my mind today.
0: Well, I've always, I've always tried to listen first. And <clears throat> listening involves being silent. I think there's too many opinions. There's an entitlement that comes with a lot of opinions. There's a lot of opinions and statements made out of emotion. And uh, when you react first out of emotion, you lack uh, the ability to listen I think in listening, you, you find that empathy. And it's only through empathy and understanding that you can truly, uh, I think, have a better awareness about uh, kind of what the actual issues are.
3: Just over the past couple of months, what new perspective did you gain or what did you learn?
2: regarding? So that's Aaron Rodgers. He was asked about that in his press conference. And I'm sorry, it, it looped. You heard the first couple of seconds again. I, I think Aaron Rodgers hit the nail on the head. Aaron Aaron Rodgers plays with and has played with through, you know, sports as a child. High school, college, the pros. He has played with teammates who are black and who are much more emotionally tied to incidents such as the one that happened in Kenosha. And it's not that Aaron Rodgers' opinion on this doesn't matter. It's not that he shouldn't get to say his piece. It's not that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't educate himself and, and be involved. But Aaron Rodgers views these things and feels these things differently than, say, a black man with children. What Like, imagine being a father of three and you're black, and you live in a town like Kenosha, or La Crosse, or Eau Claire, or Madison, or Milwaukee. And you have to watch that video, right? That that impacts somebody a little bit stronger than it would impact, say, me. So it's okay to just listen. It's okay to kick back, listen, open your ears, and keep your opinion on the back burner. It's, it's okay to have an opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But today is probably the day where we don't want to blast those opinions real loud. And we don't want to be too boisterous and we want to sit back and and listen and, and take in the opinions and the thoughts of people who are really emotionally tied to this as the Milwaukee Bucks are. Sterling Brown is is in a lawsuit with the city of Milwaukee for being tased in a parking lot at Walgreens a couple of years ago. Like this is this is something they've been at the forefront of the last couple of years, which is why I think it's appropriate. The Bucks are the team that that got this ball rolling today by boycotting this game. If you're just joining us, the Bucks and the Magic not playing no game 5 because the Bucks never came out of the locker room so we're reacting to that in real time. And, and like I said, I, I'm I'm just trying to listen, right? I'm just trying to take in everything. Now I also have a radio show to host, so I can't listen for the next two hours. I have to talk as well, and I would love to hear from you, 608-796-2558, as we react to this breaking news uh in, in real time. Let's let's be respectful, right? Let's keep our ears open and probably listen more than we talk today. We got a lot of great guests coming up. Rick Solom, who hosts Lacrosse Talk PM over on our sister station, W I Z M. He's going to join us a couple of minutes to talk about what happened this afternoon as well. It's the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. A very odd feeling afternoon. The Bucks are supposed to be playing right now. Game five against the Magic was scheduled to start at 3 p.m. And, of course, we were going to have the game on WKTY. No Wisco sports show was planned. I was just going to kick back in the chair, watch the game. I don't know. Eat some popcorn. Watch the Brewers later tonight. Now, who knows? Maybe the Brewers will boycott tonight's game. They've called a meeting, according to Adam McAlvey, and they might say no. I I can't imagine the entire MLB boycotting games in the same sense that basketball has for a few reasons. Number one, basketball only had three games today. They're in the middle of their playoffs, so their games are a lot limited, a lot more limited. The teams in the bubble are a lot more limited. So boycotting games is not as monumental of a task in the NBA. In baseball, right, there's a full slate of games going every day. It's not like one or two teams calls it off and, and you wait until tomorrow. The Brewers, on the other hand, in comparison to the rest of the league, have a little bit more of a dog in this fight as this Kenosha incident happened, you know, just hours from from Miller Park in their own backyard. So I think the Brewers have a little bit more of a responsibility. I I, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't really have a hunch one way or another whether they're going to play or not. I would prefer, this is very selfish and a little bit of humor, because I think we need it today. I would prefer they announce it as quickly as possible because we are supposed to carry the Brewers tonight. And if they don't play, then I got to fix a bunch of stuff. So ideally, if the Brewers could make that announcement uh, sooner rather than later for me, for selfish purposes... Um, that would be great. Once again, like we can joke a little bit today. We can have some fun. We don't have to treat this entire show like a funeral, Um, but this is obviously a very somber topic. It's something that was rumored uh, early today. And even yesterday, Chris Haynes reported of Yahoo sports this morning that the NBA players association exec committee uh, was in discussions that they were talking about it, that they were meeting and they were talking about boycotting games and maybe what that would take and what it would look like. Right. The, the logistics of it. Right. How do you just simply not play? Right. Because they don't they don't want to screw over their teammates, screw over their opposition. If they're going to do this, they want to do it in some sort of connected effort that doesn't leave anybody out in the rain. Um, it was reported this morning that even Chris Paul, who's the union president and Andre Iguodala, who's the vice president, conveniently both are in the bubble. They were meeting and, and they were there to, to support and, and hear everybody's opinion it didn't seem like everybody was all in on this idea. It didn't really seem like Chris Paul and, and Andre Iguodala, just to name two of the higher-ranking uh, individuals in the, in the Players Association. It didn't seem like everybody was jumping at the opportunity to boycott games, but according to sources and, and being reported by Chris Haynes, there was a, a group of players that wasn't insignificant who are pretty torn up about this and aren't really in a state to currently play basketball. Right. After seeing that video and seeing the news, just what a couple of months after what happened to George Floyd. And it makes sense, right? I, I look, this is terrible news. What happened in Kenosha was terrible. The video was terrible. Everything that's happened since kid came up from Illinois just because he wanted to shoot at people, ended up killing a couple individuals. That sucks. All of it sucks. I don't like reading about it either. But I, I can't honestly say that this is emotionally difficult for me in a way that it would be emotionally difficult for, say, a black man my age or a father of three who gets into his car with his children all the time, who bumps into police here and there. Uh, Imagine being in that position. Imagine having black skin and having children and having to watch that video. That's a situation a lot of these NBA players are in. They have kids, they have families, and they are obviously a lot of them are black. Which is why I think the NBA was the league to make this happen, if A-League was going to make it happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers boycotted tonight's game. I don't think all of Major League Baseball will do it. Um, It's just, there's so many games. right? Canceling three NBA games is one thing. Canceling an entire slate of of MLB games is, is a little bit larger task. I said to start the show, it's okay to not have a strong opinion on this. It's okay to take a back seat. We need to be involved in the solution and in the progress that our country makes, but but this is not like this is not my fight. I, I am I am not the one being most deeply affected by this, right? I am a white man. I do not have children. I, I don't. Th- this doesn't directly affect me. It's terrible, and I hate it, and and I want to be part of the solution. But it's okay for somebody like me on a day like today to just kind of sit back and listen. And, and elevate voices who are involved more deeply and more emotionally in the situation. And I thought Aaron Rodgers' words from his press conference earlier this week nailed it right on the head. He was asked, you know, what have you learned being around teammates who are black and who are deeply and, and strongly affected by something like this. And I thought his answer was brilliant. And it's maybe more applicable today than it was days ago. when when Aaron Rogers actually made the statement.
0: Well, I've always, I've always tried to listen first and, <clears throat> Listening involves being silent. I think there's too many opinions. There's an entitlement that comes with a lot of opinions. There's a lot of opinions and statements made out of emotion. And uh, when you react first out of emotion, you lack uh, the ability to listen. And I think in listening, you you find that empathy. And it's only through empathy and understanding that you can truly, uh, I think, have a better awareness about uh, kind of what the actual issues are. That's
2: it. Listen. Listen. Open your ears, shut your mouth, keep your opinion to yourself, no matter how right or wrong you think you may be. Keep your opinion to yourself, sit back, relax, listen. Listen to what others have to say. Listen to NBA players who are black and who have kids and who saw that video and were in no state to play basketball because there are bigger things at play. Listen, right? And when this is all said and done, if you have listened and read and and taking in all the information you can possibly take in, and at that point you want to share your opinion, you want to make your case one way or another. Great, but but now is not the time. And I, and I really liked Aaron Rodgers' words when he said them earlier this week, and when this news was announced today, I'm like Aaron Rodgers nailed it, as he typically does in press conferences. He he's he's his worldview's pretty good. He's he does a pretty good job, um, and I thought that this was really impressive. Because he said this days ago, and I think it's more applicable now than it was during his presser earlier this week. It's okay to not have an opinion. There is, As Aaron Rodgers said, there's a certain entitlement that comes with an opinion. And there's definitely ego that comes with an opinion. And social media has really conditioned us to always have an opinion, to always try to dunk on somebody else or shoot down somebody else in a way that's snarky or funny or clever. Right, Having an opinion is your right. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. That's what makes this country great. But there's some days where you should suppress that opinion, keep it to yourself, and just listen to what others have to say. I think today is is that day. So I'm, I'm trying to bring in multiple guests uh, and share this platform with as many people as I possibly can today. And if you want to be a part of that, you can. 608-796-2558. I would love to talk to you. Coming up after 5 o'clock, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Dave Carney, who is... Just a godsend for not only this station, but this entire building because everybody's trying to get an interview with him right now. Dave Carney, who hosts the WKTY Morning Show, will join us coming up next to talk about the NBA boycotts, the cancellations, everything that's going on. It was a relatively normal Wednesday this morning, and my, how things have changed over the course of a couple hours. We'll get Dave's take on it coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. It's been a wild Wednesday afternoon so far. Supposed to have game five between the Bucks and the Magic. That game obviously is not being played. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hearing my voice right now. Trying to bring in a couple of our best guests, our A-plus guests, to tackle this, uh, well, kind of sensitive topic and, and difficult topic. Dave, look, I I don't struggle to have an opinion on on any topic ever. Uh, and I'm kind of at a loss for words today. Dave Carney from the WKTY Morning Show. Dave, I'm... I'm having an issue getting an opinion or getting a take on this, and and maybe that's okay. Um, I I guess I'm just a little bit at a loss for words today so far.
1: So, Grant, thanks for having me on. Good to hear the Wisco Sports Show today. I had uh, erroneously mentioned early in the program this morning that you were going to be on in full anticipation of this uh, occurrence of events, of course. Uh, It was my foresight working with me, but I just... I nailed it in, in advance. Uh, no, I completely forgot how the clock was going to work out. And I agree with your, your uh, take from your prior segment. It would help us to get the Brewers to announce what they're going to do sooner than later. But, Grant, it, it, it's okay for you to be at a loss for words. But I want to go back to something that you said just before you went to break, that this is not your fight because you're a white man. And, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you this. Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, said this. Justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. One more time, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Martin Luther King Jr. said, It is not possible, Grant, to be in favor of justice for some people and not be in favor of justice for all people. He further went on to say, There comes a time when one must take a position that neither is safe nor politic nor popular, but he must take it because his conscience tells him it's right. So at a loss for words, sure, I can get that. You're busy and you had to cobble together a program and you're a champ and you did a great job to be without an opinion or to say it's not your fight. I'll take a little bit of an exception with, because I think this is all of our fight and speaking as a father of somebody who is mixed race, he is, his mother is black. This is particularly poignant to me. This is the second conversation in less than, two months that have surrounded the area in which we live right now, where this has become a national story and, and not to say grant that this didn't happen in places that we lived before. I've seen this with my own two eyes. Have I been personally as affected as Sterling Brown or as George Hill or and no, but I've seen what happens with my own two eyes. and describing this to a 15 year old, believe me is difficult. So when you talk about putting yourself in the position of a father of three that may have black children in the car, I hear you, brother. I hear you knocking. So let me in. Yeah, I... Here's another quote from... Go ahead. Let me let me just go one more thing. Here's another quote from Martin Luther King, and we're talking about, this is 45 years ago. History will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. And that's where I'm at with this right now. Grant, this has been something I've seen coming for... Years, the thing that's hastened this video. Now we get to all see what people have known for a long, long time.
2: Yeah, and I and I'm trying to absorb it all today, Dave. And and I and I hope I didn't give the impression that this is not my fighter. It's not a fight that I care about. I, I what I'm trying to say, and and what I've struggled to say now for the last 50 minutes is that I I don't feel as though I should be one of the voices at the forefront of this. I I think a lot of people need to be willing to listen. And be quiet and elevate the voices who should be at the forefront. And I completely agree with what you're saying, Dave, like Martin Luther King. And I think it's from a letter from Birmingham jail. I'm not exactly sure. And I don't know the direct quote, but Martin Luther King stated specifically that the the great I, I think the term he used was stumbling block, the great stumbling block for the black community. He didn't use that word. Right. We've advanced a little bit, but but the biggest stumbling block for the black community isn't the KKK or any terrorist groups, but it's the white moderate. Right. It's everybody else that's just kind of sitting there, not really putting themselves into a fight one way or another. So I get what you're saying. I I, I think that we need to elevate the voices of those NBA players and, and those who feel a little bit more emotionally connected than somebody like myself. I want to be a part of this. I, I just want to listen first.
1: Totally agree with the listening part. The takeaway for me from all of what I just read to you, which are quotes that I'm going to be repeating to the audience in the morning, is not to be a voice louder than those that have the actual experience, but to develop empathy. And grant empathy is what we need to have. This is what will make us understand. And until we have the the right kind of empathy for all people, we will be unable to understand the situation at hand. And so, again, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are, meaning those like you and I who are not specifically affected. And let's be frank, a majority of our audience, to no fault of their own, have been largely unaffected by these issues for most of their life, if not their entire life. I get it, okay? I really do. However, we cannot slip into a place where denial of reality becomes almost a i don't want to use the word religious but a freverent sort of a, a, a tenor you can't deny what's real just because it doesn't happen to you does not mean it's not happening at all now benjamin franklin wasn't talking about racial injustice specifically more british to colonial injustice. But the point is still valid. It, it, you, you have to be empathetic to the side in order to understand where they're coming from. It does not mean you have to agree with it or or, or, or or justify the processes in which it goes about. But again, and I've said this before, do we think that this country got here as a nation by a series of strongly worded letters? Was it not a series of uh, riots and and essentially burning down a major city in Boston that started a revolution that turned into not one, but two wars with England. They burned down the white house because they were so mad at us. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that we forget about in our history. And I feel very aggrieved that we have slipped into a place of, of ignorance to that degree where we refuse to understand how we got here, what the rebel spirit was that got us here. We can't expect (laughs) people with massive grievances that are very justified to go quietly into the night. That is not the spirit of this nation.
2: It just isn't. Yeah, and I agree with everything you're saying. This is Dave Carney from the WK2I Morning Show. Joining us on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Dave, I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to make this about sports, but this starts as a sports story. I, I think today is another great example of how sports can be a great jumping off point for some of the biggest events and conversations that take place in our country. M- moving forward, what's the end game? For the NBA players here, what what change can they actually affect? Right? Like we're talking about this right now. They have all of our eyes, they have our respect. We are listening. How do we turn this into something that affects real change? What what because it's like, okay, well, you arrest the police officer. Let's say that that's the solution. All right. So we've we've met the demand, we have arrested the police officer. That doesn't solve anything, right? This is such a big issue. And this is what bothers me when people say we need to solve systemic racism, we need to fix systemic racism. It's like, do you understand what you're saying? It's like we need to fix systemic racism. Systemic racism doesn't get fixed. It is. It's a system. That's what that's what it means. I, I don't know the end game. i don't I don't know where we go from here. NBA players are not. like like what do you see as the next couple of days or weeks roll on here?
1: So hugely important question and yeah. the most important of all. So you do this and then what? right? What do you go back on Thursday and play again, and that one day was enough, and you go back to business at hand? I don't think so. And I think there's a combination of effects here, both related to the actual happenstance of George Floyd's murder and a number of other instances, Jacob Blake just being the most recent of and a natural disaster of sorts with this pandemic. Right. We've seen one of these before. It was in the Great Depression with the Dust Bowl and the financial crisis at the same time. It upended people. It rerouted people across the country. We've never seen anything like that before. We're in that kind of moment. And what we saw from that was immense social change, you know, the entire Social Security Act, things of that nature. I think what we might be looking at here, Grant, is is a complete and complete, I mean, utter annihilation of the way that we understand how sports are played now, how ownership works, how all of this works. The NBA players could very well just say, we're done with this. We're not coming back this year. They've got their money. They'll find places to play basketball. If they need money, they'll go overseas. They may create a player's league. With some of the owners now, that's possible. We don't know what could come. Did we ex- expect a global pandemic? No. But here it is, and look at what we're doing with it. So to answer your question, I don't know what the steps are. I would say this. Fred Van VanVleet mentioned something the other day from the Toronto Raptors uh, in, in respect to the Jacob uh, uh, Blake murder. He said that if Mark Lazary, the owner of the Bucks, really – put his foot down and started calling senators congressmen leaders to say we need some sort of change make it happen now or we're not going to play that might get the needle moved a bit and so what i think you could see if, if we're talking about measurable steps is this police reform is a big conversation defunding the police is a big conversation and i don't think that's one that we can get into now but i would say there would probably be some sort of measure like kenosha needs body cams that needs to be a universal thing yeah. there needs to be perhaps um, a diverse group of officers in the car. Maybe they need to change the way that they hire. Maybe affirmative action comes to the police force in a different way than it did before. Maybe you can't have an unrepresentative number of white officers in a black community. When you were talking in your lead about the construction of of major cities in Wisconsin, Grant, you're talking about a system of racism that is so finely ingrained in the in the mechanisms the wheels and levers of this country it won't change overnight brother it won't and 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 people should realize this but it's going to take some major shakeups. it's going to take disruptions if we go back to our lives and fast food's great and you have black lives matter shirt, sure, that's fine but what does that really do nothing these people seem to be and i mean these people being athletes entertainers of both colors, black, white, Mex- whatever, everybody's coming into this. I saw Kevin Love tweet about this. People of, of voice are starting to come together and say, you know what, we're going to shut it all down unless we see some real change. And, and perhaps that means upending a lot of what we think about traditional ways of, of doing stuff.
2: Yeah, even even before this game was postponed, um, I was doing some work here in the studio and I was talking to a co-worker. We both had masks on, you know, good social distancing. But I, I was telling this co-worker, I'm like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we have a dozen or more players just decide in the next 24 to 48 hours that they're out, that they're just leaving and they're done. Right I, now, I didn't expect a whole team to boycott, but I thought it might get to the point where so many players start to leave that we just the NBA just, you know, says, screw it, I guess we're done. There's a lot of money on the line. Like The NBA is not going to go quietly into the night either. They spent a lot of money to make this bubble happen, and they have obligations. And once again, I'm not trying to make the story about that, but rather just pointing out how many layers there are to this whole story. So, Dave, I I appreciate the topic. We're in the time. We're getting tweets that you're getting hell yeah's on Twitter. Uh, Jeff is like, I want to hear this interview again. I'll put up the podcast um, of this interview with Dave and then the rest of the show. So, Dave, I think you you might need to join me every day. I think that's the solution. But good luck in the morning. I, I guess... We had our, our final conversation for the week this morning, um, but I'm going to be listening oh, no. tomorrow morning, and and I know you're going to knock it out of the park as always.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. Friday morning, 820, I'm going to put you <laughs> back on the spot because there's much more to say. All right, listen, have a great night, and uh, you're doing a great job. I'm going to go talk to uh, Rick Solom on WYZM News, 1410 a.m., uh, 92.3 FM. See you, bud.
2: Dave, I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. That's Dave Carney, the host of the WKTY Morning Show. News of the day. If you missed it, if you're just joining us and wondering what the hell's going on, yeah, the Bucs boycotted their playoff game today. They were scheduled to play game five against the Magic. That did not happen.
4: Way back. Get up. Get out of
0: here. Go. Rainbows high and deep. Down Wisconsin and this game is underway with a bang.
1: This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now here's Grant Bills.
2: It's been a wild afternoon so far just trying to just react to the breaking news as it comes in. Started with the Bucks just simply not showing up for Game 5 of their series against the Magic. That was supposed to start at 3 p.m. And then other teams, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Lakers, the Blazers, who are the other four teams that were going to play playoff games as the night went on, they all said no. Then the NBA says, all right, well, we say no. We are postponing games. And now we're just waiting. And it looks like the Brewers might not play tonight either. There's one report from Jared Diamond. Tom Court has shared it, but I haven't seen it confirmed by anybody else. Bob Nightingale has shared the report. It's been shared by others, but I haven't seen I, I don't know. I want to wait on that a little bit. A little bit. I think in the next couple of minutes we'll know, but it's looking like the Milwaukee Brewers might not play tonight either. Crazy afternoon, and I appreciate you bearing with me as we all react to this news in in real time. Uh, we've had some excellent guests on so far. Rick Solom. Who is on our sister station, W I Z M news. He does lacrosse talk PM over there. And I love his show. I, I think he does a great job connecting with listeners in this area and, and hearing their opinions and and talking about local issues and local elections and such. And it was good to get his voice. Um kind of from a different angle, right? Like I I I come at this story from a sports perspective that is now transitioned to a real world perspective. Whereas if you talk to Rick, he probably starts from the real world perspective and applies that to sports. So it's a little bit of a backwards approach, at least compared to me. I'm not calling Rick, I'm not calling Rick backwards, but we have two different approaches on how we handle content and how we discuss content. We're going to hopefully get a different approach as well from Dr. Anthony Chergoski coming up at 5:45. He's a political scientist at UWL and he's been on wisdom, our sister station. He's done things on CBS affiliate in town. He is excellent. He is tremendous. He does a great job. Um, And and I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know what we're going to hit. I'll probably ask him what the biggest issue and and what the biggest factor is at play, and then we'll just go from there. But I'm interested to get his perspective as well. Bart Winkler, a great friend of the show, coming up at about 5.15 or so, um, as we're all trying to react to this news in real time. Now it seems as though the report is confirmed. The Brewers aren't going to play tonight. Bob Nightingale confirms it. Andrew Wagner reports it and confirms it. So yeah. Uh, if you were planning on watching sports today, either the Bucks or the Brewers, take take some time off, kick back, and uh, I don't know, probably stay off social media. That's what I would recommend. Right? That's what. As soon as I'm done with the show, as soon as everything is done with work tonight, and, and you know we have everything figured out with the Bucks and the Brewers, I'm I'm putting my phone away for the night. Talk with my friends. Maybe I'll maybe I'll call my family or hit up my family. But I'm certainly going to stay off social media. I wish this afternoon that I that I was at home ready to watch the Bucs game. I saw on social media and on Twitter a lot, and I was also texted by both Dave and Hunter Baumgart. The, the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast was outstanding. The way that Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson and Zora Stevenson all came at this thing because it's, it's kind of like a rain delay, right? It's a broadcaster's worst nightmare where you're ready to go call a game, you're ready to start, and then the game doesn't start. And now all of a sudden you got to fill time, right? And we've seen this with rain delays a lot. You have a two hour Pittsburgh rain delay. That's a that's a big burden to put on Craig Kishon and Dario Melendez back in the Fox Sports Wisconsin studios. You gotta fill time. That's tough. And from everything I read and from a couple of people who texted me, friends who texted me, Zora Stevenson, Jim Pashki, and Marcus Johnson, who as far as regional sports networks go, I, I don't know if we could if we could do any better. I, I think we're pretty lucky to have those three voices covering our Milwaukee Bucks. Just like I, I feel the same way about Sophia Menard. Uh, Bill or uh, Brian Anderson, rather, and Bill Schroeder. I, I think both of our regional sports networks, our Fox Sports Wisconsin teams, are, are tremendous. I did find this clip from Zora Stevenson uh, talking about the news on the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast. I want to share it with you, Zora Stevenson is a rock star. She is a rock When Katie George left after last season, I was wondering who they were going to get, right? It, it is small market Milwaukee. It's probably not the most desirable TV market to come work in as a reporter or as an analyst. Zora Stevenson is... Tremendous. I'm not going to say she's better than Katie George. I, they're, they're very different, and it's it's difficult to compare. She is. I, I don't know if you could do better than Zora Stevenson. She is tremendous. She had these words to say, basically off the cuff today, as a part of the Bucks broadcast after the game was announced. You know, it's canceled. This is what she had to say. I think she killed it.
5: When you talk about wanting change, all of us have to ask ourselves, what are we willing to give up? You you can talk. You can tweet. You can protest. You can donate. But what are you willing to give up until you see that change actually happen? If the Bucks in fact do decide and have decided not to play this game, they have made a statement that they are willing to give up a playoff game. During their pursuit of something that they have worked for all year. And they have said, this is worth it. We are willing to sacrifice and so the beauty of this country is the ability to stand up for what you believe in, whether you believe or agree with what people are standing up for. You have to respect when people take a stance on something and don't just talk about it, but act on it.
2: I mean, whether you agree with the decision of the Milwaukee Bucks players and now the Brewers players to boycott this game, you might not agree with it. You might not like it. I, I think there is, I think there is something to be said for showing up to work. Right, that, that's the way I was raised. I think that's a lot of of people's backgrounds in the Midwest. You, you do your job, you go to work, you make a living for yourself, and you show up on time, and, and you stay late if you need to. That That's how I'm wired. That's how a lot of people are wired, especially in this area of the country. And, and I really like that. And I would feel that way about the NBA players. I was like, well, you're under contract to play. You're getting paid to play. The regional sports networks and the TV networks have all signed this obligation under the condition that you play games. You, you know, you, you fill your commitment. Right, part of me feels that way, but it, but another part of me really loves what the Bucks did today, and I'm really proud to be a Bucks fan because if you're going to talk about it, you, you need to be about it. If you want to wear the shirt that says "Say His Name" and you want to rant and rave on social media about the issues you're passionate about, and and, and you want to get essentially on a soapbox, which isn't a bad thing, right? If you the NBA players have earned their soapbox, their platform, they're some of the best players in the world. They're the best at what they do. They have earned a platform to share their thoughts and opinions when they want. On social media, on TV, during press conferences, they have earned that. But if you're going to talk about it, at some point, you have to be about it. And I think that's what Zora Stevenson was getting at. And that's a reason why, even if you don't agree with the cancellation of sports, nobody's happy about that. Even if you don't agree, you need to respect it and you need to understand where they're coming from. And it's, I think it's pretty cool that these players are, are willing to make their voice heard about certain things and, and be about certain causes and they're willing to lose out on playoff games in order to to back it up. You might not like it. You might not agree, but you at least have to give these teams credit for putting their money where their mouth is, right? I don't think that's a controversial take. I don't, even, I don't think that's political. If you're going to be about a cause, be about a cause. And Zora Stevenson saying, yeah, well, if you're going to, you're going to, you know, talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And I think there's a lot of respect, especially for the Bucs, who are the number one seed and who are trying to get back to the, the finals. And they're trying to keep their star player. There's a lot on the line for the Bucs' postseason run. And they were willing to give up today's game in, in the name of something bigger, which even if you don't agree with it, you have to at least respect where they're coming from. On today's show, I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to not be too strongly worded about anything. I'm trying not to blast my opinion and be obnoxious. Because we, we want to lift up voices that are on the forefront of this. And while Dave Carney, you know, told me that this is all of our fight. This is my fight. This is your fight. We might not be black. We might not live in a city where this has been an issue. Although I would argue that some, I mean, it's just a matter of time, the way things are going, right? This is right in our backyard. This is in Kenosha or right up the highway in the Twin Cities. This might not be our fight. We, we might not be black. We might not have a police brutality issue in lacrosse but we all need to work together towards a solution. And I did look up the quote. This was um, getting thrown around during uh, the George Floyd riots and protests. This is a letter from Birmingham jail. And this is what Dave Carney was getting at when he joined us back before five o'clock. This is what he said, talking about the majority, about how, and Dave kind of, he had a Ben Franklin quote that hinted at this as well. Progress only comes when, People who are unaffected are just as outraged as those who are affected. Dr. Martin Luther King hit this as well. This is the quote from Letter from Birmingham Jail. This is 1963. First, I must confess that over the last few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in the stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klan, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than justice. Who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. Who constantly says, I agree with the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods of direct action. Who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable for another man's freedom. Who lives by the myth of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a, quote, more convenient season. That is wildly applicable almost 50 years later, isn't it? Or more than 50 years later, excuse me. This is from 1963. Every did, did every word of that not hit our current society right on the head? Is that not perfect? Is that still not applicable today? The white moderate who is more devoted, devoted to order than justice, who prefers a negative piece in the absence of tension to a positive piece in the absence of justice. Look, I hate seeing what's going on in Kenosha. This is, this, is, this is fairly personal. This is a little bit of my opinion. I hate seeing what's going on in Kenosha because I see mom and pop business owners having their buildings destroyed for really no reason. And I understand the cause and I understand that we're fighting for Justin and all this. Bringing down a building doesn't, doesn't help, right? And once again, I, I don't want to talk down to an affected group on, on ways that they can more conveniently protest burning down a mom and pop business and and lighting cars on fire does not it doesn't serve a purpose it muddies the water and it complicates everything right so i i'm not saying you can't protest i would i would prefer we don't burn down buildings i mean these communities are going to be destroyed but i get where martin luther king is coming from in his words from letter from birmingham jail if you haven't read it it is shockingly shockingly applicable um and i guess disappointingly applicable all these years later. It's very short. It's just a little essay. I'd go read it. Um, it's a good piece of reading, especially tonight. We don't have sports on. Brewers aren't playing tonight. If you missed that news as well, the Brewers announced they're boycotting the game as well against the Cincinnati Reds. So we got some free time. Maybe do a little bit of reading tonight. We're going to take a quick break, come back and uh, talk to one of our our best guests. That's Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee. We're going to try to tackle this difficult issue with him And maybe what the end game is, because that's, that's ultimately the sporting topic, right? We can talk about social justice issues. We can, we do that. We've been doing it for weeks and months. And it's not that those things aren't important. And those issues aren't, aren't relevant. They absolutely are. But at the end of the day, this is a sports show. And while sports and politics have intersected once again today, I I don't want to, I don't want to become CNN. I I do want to talk about sports today. The Bucks and the Brewers have canceled their games. That's the number one story. Probably the number two sporting story is the end game. And, 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 what becomes of this in the NBA and in the case of the Brewers in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk to Bart Winkler, ask him those questions and get his thoughts coming up next year on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host very hectic afternoon so far. You'd be hearing the voice of Ted Davis and Justin Garcia right now. You are not. The Bucks boycotted their game today. The NBA has postponed all playoff games for the time being. I don't know how long it's going to last. It's difficult to picture it going either way. It's difficult to picture the NBA shutting down completely again, but it's also difficult to picture them simply coming back tomorrow. Kind of feels like the genie's been let out of the bottle. You don't just stick it back in. Brewers have also chosen to boycott their game tonight, so Milwaukee sports fans, Wisconsin sports fans, we're really out in the rain, uh, and we're just trying to react to it all and taking the news in real time, and I'm calling out some friends for help today, Bart Winkler from 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee now joining us, Bart, I guess, this is a good way to start an interview, what was your first reaction when you saw the news come down, like, I was stunned, I didn't know what to say, we've seen a lot of weird things the last couple of months, but boycotting a playoff game, I, I still caught me off guard.
4: I was yeah yeah I was off guard I was stunned initially and then the more that you have time to process it the more maybe we shouldn't have been if you work your way backwards from what this organization has has uh, been speaking for and what they've gone through the last handful of years I mean even just this weekend George Hill talking about we shouldn't even be here yeah I mean, you can you can hear it in his voice and you can, you can almost feel the pain and then even working. Further back from that, the work they've done with, you know, prison reform and the work they've done with uh, different things throughout the community and trying to enact change, the, the protesting that they were involved in after George Floyd passed away, was murdered, I'll say that, instead. Um, and then, you know, even working back from that, John Henson, when he was with this team, tried to go buy jewelry at White, in a Whitefish Bay jeweler, and they locked the doors on him because they were afraid John Henson and Sterling Brown goes to a Walgreens, and he's there a little late, okay, but uh, I don't think he should de- deserve to be tased. So these guys have lived this. You know, it's, it's personal for them. It's personal for this team, and I think as a Bucks fan, I'm proud of my team, okay? I, I support my team. That, that, is, that is what I am doing here. This is the team that I root for. It's the team that I love. These are the players that we've become attached to. And I support these guys. I know because of where we're at, it is a polarizing decision, but I support my team. I think that the the main counter to to this move, which I want to address is, well, what is this really gonna do? Yeah, I, I think that's what a lot of people that maybe don't understand or maybe do understand and are angry are gonna say, what is this gonna do? Well, what it's doing right now is we're talking about it. We're talking about it from a sports standpoint, but also it is part of the larger issue of why these guys are upset with what happened to Jacob Blake and then the ensuing chaos that is continuing in in Kenosha, and I can only hope that it doesn't continue tonight. I'm not confident in that. And then what is it going to do? Well, it's, it's affected the other NBA games, so now the whole day is off it's cross sports cuz the brewers and these two teams have been you know as a milwaukee guy it's very great to see how together they are the brewers they're not playing tonight you're probably not going to have other baseball teams say maybe we should just take the night off today's not the day for sports so what is it going to do what is it going to do we're talking about it i think it's going to put pressure on you know the nba the nba's been supportive of these guys hey we'll let you we'll let you wear slogans on the back of your jersey maybe not every slogan uh, maybe, maybe Jimmy Butler, you have to put at least something. You can't just have your name. So they've been like, they've been supportive, but also have they gone as far as they could? And I think what the Bucks are doing here is, if you start to not play games, the thing that runs this country is money. And so if they yeah. don't play games, if there's the threat of not playing any of these games, you know the TV networks and the owners and the sponsors, they want these games to be played because of the incredible amount of money they will lose. And they've already lost a bunch through COVID. So I think what what they will do is, it push pressure on them to put pressure on politicians and those who can reform this and make this better and change it. Again, not playing a basketball game does not solve racism. But what it does is it puts pressure on other people to at least acknowledge listen and start to try to fix this problem that has been so ingrained in our country since its inception. Marcus Johnson, if anybody caught Fox Sports Wisconsin this afternoon, and Jim Paschke and Zora Stevenson, incredible work that they did. And Marcus Johnson was talking about you know, the issue of boycotting and, and the issue of civil rights and, and how people have been fighting for this for a long time. And it's 2020, and now very little has changed. I mean, what's changed from 1960s to the 2020s? That more is on video, I guess. Yeah. Because the same problems that were happening then seem to be happening now. So, again, as a Bucks fan, I'm incredibly proud of the team that I support for making this decision. And if they ultimately, if they make the greatest sacrifice and say, we're just not up to this there there are things more important than basketball i want to see this through I, I as a sports radio host maybe my job depends on them seeing this through but i i want them to do what they feel is right and i'm going to support them
2: for that well i think we're such a result oriented society and it's gotten bad the last couple of years like to, to use a trivial sports example like we're all about championships and i don't like that because there's so much fun and there's so much great um content in sports that that doesn't revolve around winning a championship or not. But the the way we become result oriented in even in the political sphere, like you'll have people who will sarcastically remark today on Twitter, they'll be like, well, congrats NBA, you solved racism. That's not it's not the point. Or you'll have people who are like, oh, the NBA is playing games. It's like also not the point, right? If we're better than we were yesterday and we're talking about it and we're making even a tiny bit of progress, it's a win. Like we can't we're not going to solve racism in one stroke. No one's suggesting that. I do question what the end game is here, and I think we need to ask that question. I don't think it's insensitive to ask that question, right? Like, what what are the NBA players specifically going to talk about when they meet tonight, and what kind of demands? I don't want to... It makes it sound like they're going to hold us hostage. I don't want to call them demands. What are they going to ask for, right? What do they want to see before they feel comfortable returning to play? I don't know how this plays out. How do you envision the next couple of days going?
4: The The latest I saw on that was Chris Haynes... Uh, who's doing work with TNT? He said that what he's hearing is a lot of people made a lot of sacrifices to be here, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't want to they want to finish this thing out. But I, I think what these players want is, you know, they try to speak out about it. They're told to shut up and dribble. Uh, they uh, they kneel during the national anthem, and they're told they can't do that. They they try to wear T-shirts, and yeah, no, you got to you got to protest peacefully. This is about as. as as peaceful of a protest as you're going to get, they're not playing a basketball game, and the pure outrage that that has caused, I think it is going to, it is going to do more to move the needle. They they they're doing all these things. They're told not to do these things, and then to them, the basketball players, I think, and you can hear it in their voices, the frustration. Nothing's changed. Things that they're still worried about are still changing, and this isn't, you know, this also isn't just a it's not just, well, Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back. We're protesting a game because of that. Yeah. Th- this is because they have seen this over and over. Uh, we've heard it from every, not every, but a lot of the African American players that there's just, you just don't feel safe. I mean, you and I are both white, mm-hmm. okay? I shared this story last night on Twitter. I've been pulled over, I've been pulled over like 20 times but there's, it's all, sometimes it's a joke, you know, sometimes it's just, I don't ever have the same fears that, that I would if I was a different race, and they're just afraid, and, and I think based on what is happening in the streets, I would, I would sympathize with their, their right to be afraid, I, I I don't know what it changes, it doesn't solve racism, but this truly is a monumental historic day in sports, they are they are they are deciding that the options they've used to protest in the past are not working, and it's time to do a little bit more, and we'll see what happens then.
2: yeah, i I don't really know what my my take is today, Bart Bart Winkler from the fan in Milwaukee. I was telling my listeners to start like the one tiny thing I was able to prepare this afternoon while while, you know, watching all of this unfold is that like I, I think it's okay to not have an opinion today, right? I'm a solo host. I, I talk to myself and I talk to my listeners, so I, I share my thoughts and my opinions. There's not a lot of back and forth right? I come in and I say my piece about Craig Council, or I say my piece about Matt LaFleur, and then I turn the mic off and I go home. I think it's okay on a day like today to just sit back and, and listen, right? And, and listen to what other people have to say. People who have a, a who have lived this experience a little bit differently than I have. And I'm really struggling with that as a solo radio host, because I would love to just be able to sit back and listen, but I also have to talk until six o'clock. So I, I guess my final question for you is, Is you go on air tomorrow morning, And you talk about sports, like what are you going to say? How should we be approaching this? Do you think?
4: I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of you know the future. I I just I don't think the Bucks know what is going to be the outcome of this, but they were willing to sacrifice to find out. And I mean, you can say, oh, it was against the Magic, or yeah, you know, whatever. They're not playing a playoff game at its scheduled time. That's that's pretty major in terms of how this kind of stuff has gone in the past. My, my take is I support the bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I support my team. And if that's, if that's controversial, if that's something people don't want to hear 2020s 20, rough, man. A lot of this is tough. You, you're being, you know, asked to talk about things that are, are certainly never going to show up on a box score. People are being forced to look at that as well. We're trying to get sports, however we can. Uh, we've gotten to a point where there's sports, but now they're being either played without fans or in a bubble. And, and now we still aren't getting the the sports we thought we were going to get tonight because because there's a lot of other things in this country that are that are more important. I just I think it's I think it's important, even though it, it's our livelihood. In the grand scheme of things, there are things more important than sports, and the athletes are realizing that today. And I support my team, so that's. You know, if I had to define what a take is, my take sure. is I support my team.
2: Sure. And I think if you start from if you start from that place, right, it's fair to have just about every conversation. I, I would agree with you. I support this is what they thought was the best course of action. They're my team. They're my players. I'm, I'm going to support them. I, I think it's it's pertinent. It's worth mentioning a, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember who it was. If it was some news reporter, I, I have no clue if it was an athlete. I, I remember the quote very strongly, and that was that sports are a reward for a, a functioning society. Right. If you can. function a society, OK, Sean Doolittle. Yeah. And at the time, I'm like, OK, dramatic, like whatever. The whole world's going through a pandemic. We'll beat it. And now I'm like, you know what? OK, yeah, we've lost sports for a second time now. Yeah, he is exactly right there. So, Bart, I appreciate you, man. And I know you're probably busy because everybody wants to, to get a, a slice of the Milwaukee guy right now. You said you did a hit in Atlanta and in Charlotte. How about that? I've uh, expanded to the Eastern time zone today. Yeah, that's that's impressive. But you still, you <laughs> go back to your roots. You come back and you talk to us here in lacrosse. and <laughs> I saved
4: all my best material for you. Excellent.
2: That's That's what I like to hear, Bart. We appreciate you as always. I wish we were talking about something a little bit more fun, but historic nonetheless something uh we can tell our kids about something you can tell your son about and i'm never having kids but i'll tell somebody about it so yeah, i
4: said that too grant
2: <laughs> yeah well I, I don't know i don't know if it'll be up to me uh, that's that's what i'm starting to learn as i get into my 20s here i don't i, I think it just I, I don't know if i can do a part i don't know
4: i'm not like thrilled that the world is the way it is now that i have a kid <laughs> but I'm happy to have a kid.
2: Yeah, well, this is a conversation we can have. If I have a kid, you can tell your son about it. It'll be it's it's a crazy year that we'll no doubt be talking about for a while. Bart, I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Let's talk soon. You too, bud. That's Bart Winkler, one oh five seven FM the fan in Milwaukee. He's in demand right now. Everybody wants to talk to the Bucks guy. Everybody wants to talk to the Milwaukee. We kinda kinda made some waves today. I don't know we're not in Milwaukee. It's our state. It's our team, but um, Certainly a wild afternoon. Nonetheless, we're going to continue to talk about this. One more guest we'll speak with coming up at 545. That's Anthony Chergoski, political scientist at UWL, who is I, I just love listening to him. Like, I remember when I was doing stuff over on our news station when sports were shut down. I remember what he was talking about, if it was some some election thing or like I, it's something I did not care about. I'm not a politics guy um, if I don't have to be for work. And I just remember being enthralled listening to him. And I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Don't care. Uh, but I love listening to Dr. Chergoski, and I always learn something. So we'll talk to him coming up. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up in a few minutes. Stay tuned. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host, and I am doing the best I can today. We're breaking a lot of news. We're rolling with the punches this afternoon. The Bucks first boycotted their game, then the rest of the NBA for the rest of the day. And now the Milwaukee Brewers are following suit as well. What I am very interested in and what I want to start with, with our next guest, that's Dr. Anthony Chergoski, political scientist at UWL, and, and he does media hits on our sister station, WIZM. He's even on TV because he's good looking, unlike me and Rick, uh, the other host who you heard from earlier. Dr. Chergoski, what I really want to start with is it looks like, and it's being reported, at least by Woj and a couple others, that the Bucks are on a conference call with the Attorney General, whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Is it Josh Cool and Mandela Barnes, the Lieutenant Governor, I mean, that's really promising. It doesn't seem like it's a cancellation for the sake of a cancellation. They're actually having a dialogue with the Lieutenant governor and with the AG, like what could become of that today? Well, Grant, you know, I think that this is a
3: significant moment in sports history. This is all about athletes exercising their power to shape the political conversation. And Grant, you know, throughout history, and I think especially in these last couple years, we've seen athletes really realize that they have a lot of social and cultural influence, and that translates into political influence. So if they want to get Josh Call on the phone, if they want to get Mandela Barnes on the phone, they can do that. And... I think what you're seeing right now in this era of Black Lives Matter, in this era of all the social changes that are going on in the United States, athletes are
2: not shy about using their political influence. And it's, and it's a difficult topic for not only sports people, sports media like this station, but like political stations as well. Like we've seen like with Laura Ingram a couple of years ago, who she just coined the shut up and dribble thing that haunts our ears to this very day. Like that's the example that's always used Sports and politics intersecting. It. I don't know if it goes smoothly from either side, right? I don't know if people accept it well on either side. It's it's very polarizing. I, I'm not sure what the Bucks' end game and what the NBA's end game is here. And and maybe it's a little bit insensitive to ask. Maybe today we should just be appreciating the gravity of this moment. And I'm trying to do that as well. But I also got to talk about sports here. Like like, what's the end game? Do you think? What, what do you think these players are going to ask for? And, and what can they realistically accomplish? Grant, it's very
3: hard to say, but
2: when I was thinking
3: about this issue today, I was thinking about a concept in, in my discipline, political science, called agenda setting. And what that means is bringing an issue to people's attention. And that is no trivial matter. I mean, you think about it, like how many issues can people possibly be paying attention to at one time, right? Like like how many issues? It's a pretty small number of issues that can be getting attention at one time. So if you can get attention for the issue you prioritize, get that talked about, get that in the media, get that in the public conversation. In this case, policing and systemic racism. That in and of itself, Grant, is a big victory. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I'll be watching, Grant, is, you know, there, there's kind of a famous political scientist who said that at moments like this, and uh, hey, you know, picking up on a sports metaphor here, he said that in moments like this, you should watch the sidelines, meaning that the people who are not normally involved in politics, do they get drawn into politics? Do they get drawn into this issue? Do they get involved because all of a sudden their favorite athletes are boycotting? Like, does this draw people in to politics who previously may not have been interested in politics? So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the end game is, Grant. But I know for sure that this brings significant attention to the issue and it could really draw some people who are, you know, cynical about politics or just don't think politics matters. It can really draw
2: them into the political process, potentially. Yeah. I mean, as a political scientist, you got to love that, right? Bringing more people into the fold. You got to be all about that. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
3: I I mean, I think that sometimes it is a, a, a sad situation when you consider the apathy and and just how lots of Americans don't care about politics, but so much in our society is political. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what they're really asking, uh, Grant, is just something that is not fashionable today in politics. And I think what the players are asking is just to listen to them and just to take their ideas seriously and to take their experiences seriously and to you know maybe even learn something from listening to them and it's not a fashionable idea nowadays in american politics because everyone is just so certain that they're right and they have all the answers yeah. and if they're a republican then the republicans have all the answers and are never wrong and if they're a democrat then the democrats have all the answers and they're never wrong and people just view the world in like black and white terms and I'm I'm always right. The other side's always wrong. But I think at this moment, my hope is that people actually stop and listen and consider, maybe changing their views, maybe looking at something from a new
2: light. Yeah, this year's been such a shakeup politically. Dr. Anthony Cherogoski, political scientist at UWL. This year's been such a shakeup. Like I would typically consider myself a conservative, but I, I don't know. I don't know what that means in 2020 because everything's kind of. Everything has changed, right? Roles have changed. The issues have certainly changed a lot. I I think people need to be a little bit more willing to change their affiliation year to year based on what issues are at the forefront and and which issues are are a priority, right? Because you can't obviously tackle everything at once. There's always been a political intersection with sports. I I did this when the George Floyd protests were going on. I, I went back and I did research all the way back to the Olympics in the 60s. And I'm like, there's countless examples here, 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 every decade, all the way through in music and in sports where politics intersects. And I I, I think sometimes we, we like to think it's a 2020 issue. It's like, God, sports have gotten so political. I, and maybe it's just th- that sports are more visible now and we see it in more places because of social media and everything. But sports and politics have always intersected, right? The, these kinds of things have always been going on. I, I'm curious to see where the NBA takes this and what their next step is because I don't think they can cancel the season. That would be, it would be an incredible waste given all the time and energy that's gone into this. But if they're on a conference call with the lieutenant governor and with an attorney general, that's obviously a great step. What do you think needs to happen politically, right, in the state of Wisconsin to calm down what's going on in Kenosha? This is strictly a political question, I guess. What can the governor do, the attorney general do? What steps can be made to kind of appease well, everyone, and, and do the right thing. I don't mean just to calm down the people. That's not the goal. We want to do the right thing. What, what are the steps that, that could be taken in the next couple of days?
3: Well, Grant, first of all, I'll just say amen to your point about the intersection between politics and sports yeah I I do kinda chuckle to myself when people say "Oh, keep politics out of sports Mm -hmm. well that ship has sailed a long time ago and sports and politics are closely connected and that has been a case for a very long time and it will continue to be the case so anyone who says that politics and sports should be entirely distinct is just not living in in kind of the the real world but when it comes to your question grant like what can be done You know, I honestly don't know where the Bucks are going with this. I think they've already accomplished a lot, like I said, by just bringing attention to the issue and maybe reaching people who normally aren't interested in politics with this issue. Um, But I would just comment that I was not particularly impressed with the Kenosha Police Department and their presentation today. When they were, you know, the the police chief was in large measure putting the blame on the protesters for not abiding by the curfew and, you know, pointing to the violence that ensued. And, you know, he he described the the person who killed two people in rather sympathetic, I thought, terms. Um, So I think one thing that can happen, one thing that should happen is just a change in tone. And for leaders to acknowledge that this is a serious issue, um, because there is rarely agreement about anything in Wisconsin politics, Grants, mm-hmm. But if both parties can come together and just agree that this is a problem, that systemic racism is a problem, that there is a need for police reform, like, if this puts the pressure on both parties, because that's the only way anything's going to get done, Grant, is if is if both parties are on board. You know, I, I think that this can only get resolved if both parties really feel significant pressure.
2: What's the way that, I mean, obviously Tony Evers, the governor, and, and Mandela Barnes, who's been on Wisdom, I, I really like Mandela Barnes. I think he is a... I, I think he is well positioned to be a, a leading voice in this just listening to what he's done in the past and, and things he's done in Milwaukee. I think he's tremendous for an issue like this I, I I guess I don't know what puts pressure on the right side of our state's government because our, the right side of our state's government is never faced by anything right like they they are a brick wall if you're talking about Fitzgerald and Voss like they are they fight tooth and nail very very strongly it, it, the bucks aren't putting pressure on them right like like what what can create pressure to, to create change like that? Yeah, I I think that's where I do
3: have questions as well, Grant, because uh, the Republicans simply don't feel a lot of pressure. If you've been watching kind of the Republican National Convention this week, the attention is all about, like, the chaos in the cities and the mobs and the unrest, and that's really been the focus from the Republican side, just that this moment is one of American society seeming to just be falling apart, and they need to restore order, so... You know, I, I I shudder to think of how bad it has to be to get both sides on board, because Wisconsin is just hopelessly divided between yeah. the two parties. And so, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would take at this point to get both parties together on board with some solution.
2: Yeah, they're stalwarts, the right side of the line. I, I was working on our news station, and we had you on Lacrosse Talk PM a couple of times, and... Just just noticing and, and really realizing how strong the right side of our state's government is, specifically fought, you know, Robin Voss and Fitzgerald, those guys are, are unfazed. They're not bothered by too much, um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes next. I appreciate your time, Dr. Chergoski. It's a little bit unorthodox, bringing in a political scientist to a sports show, but it's been a very unorthodox day, and and I appreciate you as always. I, I love your work, and... <laughs> And obviously, you're a tremendous Twitter follow as always. That's how I was first introduced to you. So I appreciate you, and and I would recommend that my uh, my listeners keep up with your work. Much appreciated,
3: Grant. Thank you.
2: Yeah, have a good one. I actually I actually just bring him on to to pad his ego. I think that's what I do. That's what I like to do with my guests is just gas him up. That way they want to come back. You know, always got to leave a good good impression. Want the guests to come back. Uh, no brewers tonight on WKTY. They're supposed to start at seven ten. They have boycotted. So we'll update the schedule. We'll let you know what we know when we know it at WK2ISports.com. We got to make sure that we'll be running CBS Sports Radio tonight so you'll get the JR Sports review uh, instead of the Milwaukee Brewers. We got a night off. My recommendation probably be to stay off social media. Just take a night to relax because I, I thought we were past this a couple of weeks ago. I thought our nation was about to start. Heading in the right direction, and and now we're in the thick of it again. So take a deep breath. Take a break. It certainly helps. Cape off of uh, social media. Have an excellent rest of your night. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully, for a more routine, regular Wisco sports show. Talk to you then.